All right, did you hear about the Chinese rocket that literally got lost in space, came hurtling toward the Earth, and thankfully it has now, you cannot make this stuff up. Thankfully, this rocket, China, once again, uh, this rocket landed in the Indian Ocean, and it seems that nobody was hurt. We don't know for sure, because there was debris that was flying all around while this thing was on its way to the ocean, t t tumbling down, hurtling toward Earth. But the Chinese, they just completely lost control of this rocket, and they knew that they would. And it, I know it sounds almost like a joke. I don't mean to make light of it, because once again, the Chinese endangering the entire planet, and pretty much they're going to get zero consequences. This rocket was about was 108 feet tall, weighed nearly 40,000 pounds. It was sent up by China to launch a piece of new space station into orbit. And then the question is, well, what happens now? The rocket's up there. Well, how, where does it go from there? How do we get it back down to Earth? There are actually are ways that, that, that this is supposed to be done, that the United States does it. But, of course, China never follows those rules because what are the odds that it's going to hit China? They don't care. So after the fuel was used up, the rocket was just left by China to hurdle down to Earth. And um, they didn't care where it landed uh, usually the way this works is by the international space community. And by the way, NASA has come out with a statement criticizing China. Oh, very good. I'm sure that China, China is just shaking over that criticism. China, they get so much criticism. Over COVID, they get criticism. Nobody ever does anything to them. They just get criticism. They're laughing at all of us because they always get away with murder. So the one of two options, either they have these controlled reentries where they're able to guide the rocket into the ocean or they're left in orbit where they just go literally just are in, left in space and they stay there for decades or centuries. But China knew that it was almost certainly going to come crashing back down to Earth. And as usual, they did not care. They endangered American and um, human lives. Now, um, like I said, the, the head of NASA criticizing them, nobody cares. Don't you get it? They're just laughing. They get all this criticism. They know that they're untouchable. They know that they can get away with this. They got away with COVID. That's the biggest mass murder it, one of the biggest mass murders in world history, not the biggest, but literally millions of lives put in danger and killed by COVID. And China, at the very least, was extremely negligent. More likely, China enabled this to happen and they knew that it was going to spread and could have prevented it and did not. And so the rest of the world's too cowardly to do anything about it. So China, once again, is being taught a lesson. You can just get away with it, especially now that Trump is out of office because he was really our only hope to punish China for any of this stuff. I mean, President Biden, what, he had like an hour-long conversation with President Xi Jinping of China. He didn't even bring up COVID. He literally did not bring up COVID. How egregious is that? By the way, you know, they were saying that we didn't need to worry. Yeah, this rocket is hurtling. And don't get me wrong, NASA agreed that China was enormously irresponsible here. But a lot of the experts were saying, look, the odds are that it's going to land in the ocean, going to land in water. So you don't need to worry. And look, any one individual, obviously, the odds of it landing on any one person out of six billion people is pretty slim or even any one specific city. But like, yeah, the world is mostly made up of water, but I'm doing the numbers and it's like 71 percent of the Earth's surface is water. So that leaves 29 percent of the Earth as land. 29 percent. That's like a one in four chance that this rocket was going to crash into land, not in water. So, yeah. The, you know, the odds were it was going to land in water. But to me, that's pretty strong odds, one in four, that it's going to land on a piece of land. I guess there's like a lot of uninhabited land out there, but it's still not a very comforting thought. All right. So in Israel, there's been a sharp escalation uh, of violence in Israel. 
by Palestinian terrorists, by Hamas, out of Gaza. Rockets are being fired. And by the way, there are violent riots taking place even in Jerusalem right now as Ramadan comes to a close. So I did want to mention this and report on this because once again, we see the Palestinians are back in full force attacking Israel. And we know why. One word. His name is Biden. He's restoring funding to the Palestinians. He's empowering them. He's giving them all the support. He's reversing all the crushing blows that Trump has dealt to Hamas and to the Palestinians and and, and even to Mahmoud Abbas and even the PA. Uh, Biden is out to reverse and undo all of that good and once again support terrorists that are known as the Palestinians. So rockets are being fired by Gaza, from Gaza, by Hamas terrorists. This has been happening for several weeks. Meanwhile, now incendiary balloons, you remember those, those are being launched into Israel. Do you know that 10 fires were started today alone in southern Israel? 10 fires were started by these incendiary balloons. These are deadly devices. These are weapons. These are terrorist weapons, these incendiary balloons. It is the fourth day in a row now that fires are being started by these incendiary balloons, and these fires become very difficult to control, and they require a lot of manpower. They destroy a lot of vegetation. These are very, very extremely dangerous. They could be deadly, and once again, the Palestinians, Hamas, they know. They know that they've got Biden on their side. It's Obama 2.0. It's not Trump anymore. There's a new sheriff in town, and he's not a sheriff. He's only a sheriff because he's going to be criticizing and hampering Israel and hurting the good guys because that's what Biden does. Now, uh, it's very simple. He's popping up. Remember, the Palestinians, they were devastated. They were decimated by Trump, not just defunding them, but turning the Saudis against the Palestinians, turning the UAE against the Palestinians, all these Arab countries who, you know, they wanted to pander to Trump. They wanted to keep Trump happy. So they they, they literally, they uh, withdrew their funding to the Palestinians. They criticized, they threw the Palestinians under the bus, which is exactly where the Palestinian terrorists belong. So I guarantee you now, Biden, he's going to try to undermine the Israeli accord between the UAE and Bahrain. Because again, it's something good that Trump did, just like the border wall, just like all the border deportations and everything else on the U.S.-Mexican border. So Biden's going to try his best to reverse it. And he's going to follow Obama, choose the Palestinian terrorists, choose Iran over uh, the U.S.'s number one ally in the Middle East, Israel. That is how the Democrats operate, especially in 2021 and for, and for many years now under Obama as well. Now, there are new reports, but I don't believe these reports. There are new reports that talks in Vienna, the talks with, 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 uh, between diplomats um, of the U.S. and Iran, or whether they're indirect talks or direct talks, I can't even keep track, but there are talks happening between the U.S. and Iran. Maybe the Europeans are the middleman, but it's the same old thing. Anyway, there are reports that the talks have stalled because of the Iranian centrifuges and because of the high, highly enriched uranium that the, the Irani- that the Iranians admit that they are carrying out. These high level of enrichments of, Iran- of, of uranium, really, really close to 90% needed for a nuclear weapon. So uh, supposedly talks have stalled. They're falling apart. Trust me, it's all just a sham. They're just going the whole... It's all scripted. This is all scripted from day one. Remember... The, the goal here is very simple. The goal here is that Biden needs to restore the uh, you know, rejoin the Obama nuclear deal, the bogus Obama nuclear deal. He needs to get back into it, but he needs to do it in a way where he's saving face and he's making it look like he demanded tough concessions. He made demands and he forced Iran to make big concessions and to agree to even 
tougher because now it's been exposed. It's been exposed how weak and pathetic the original nuclear deal was. So the Biden people, they're nervous. They don't want to get bad media coverage because we know the Iranians, how much they've still breached this deal. This deal is still going on between the Iranians and Europe. And the Iranians, they treat it like a joke. I mean, they walk all over this deal. So uh, Biden can't just rejoin it. He needs to act as though it's going to be better enforced and it's going to be even tougher this time. So they've got to go through that. So Biden has to act all tough. So they need the, the talks to keep falling apart, getting back to the table. Oh, but what about this demand? What about this demand? At the end of the day, it's going to be virtually the exact same deal. I've been saying this. I believe it. So far, it's playing out exactly. Remember, they weren't even going to speak with Iran without preconditions. Oh, well, we'll just speak with them, but it'll be indirect. The Europeans will come and tell us what the Iranians said. Then we're going to send messages back through the, the, through the Europeans. Oh, well, in that case, that's okay then. Then uh, Biden's not breaking his pledge, which he completely is. It's all a sham. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, all right, new details, by the way on the killing of Qasem Soleimani. Fascinating new details about Israel's involvement. This is according to Yahoo News. And I'm not even the least bit surprised, and I'm sure you could have predicted this, that I am not one uh, one, one iota, one one shred of a, a surprise here. But I don't know if that sentence made any sense, the sentence that I just said. I, I, today, I don't know what's with me. I haven't had coffee yet, I guess. I haven't at least caffeinated coffee. I had a decaf coffee. And uh, I, I, I just... I don't. I feel like I just. Some days, you know, you just can't get out a sentence in a coherent way. But uh, bear with me here. Despite that, so the the Soleimani killing. Guess who helped President Trump? Guess who was involved? None other than the Israelis. And are we at all surprised? Did we ever think that the United States would not require Israeli intelligence? I mean, what could be better than Israeli intelligence, especially on Iran, and especially in light of the fact there's another another massive fire right near a nuclear facility in Iran? We'll get to that coming up. So we've had many of those. We now that we know, I mean, remember that explosion in Natan, that cyber that, that there were there have been cyber attacks, but there've also been actual physical attacks. And um, clearly there are these inside jobs being done in these nuclear sites in Iran. We know, of course, about the Mossad managing to obtain over 100,000 files out of uh, a secret uh, Iranian nuclear facility. I, I mean, you're talking the level that uh, the CIA, I'm sorry, the Mossad, the CIA, <laughs> what is with me today, that the Mossad is embedded in Iran. You're talking about very high levels of the most secretive nuclear program on the planet, the Iranian nuclear program, being completely infiltrated and breached by the Mossad. It is just shocking and fascinating. So, of course, the Israelis are going to have the best intel on Soleimani, and they shared that with President Trump. So, according to Yahoo, the the Israelis actually provided um, President Trump with and the U.S. with cell phone numbers of Qasem Soleimani that enabled um, the United States to assassinate him because they were able to track his cell phone. Remember, he landed in Iraq, and uh, they basically fired a rocket, basically blew him up. The report also says that the Trump administration began plotting Soleimani's killing all the way back in 2017. Remember, the assassination happened in January 2020. And remember how Trump was actually hammered and by, by the left, by the Democrats, and even, even by a few Republicans, not many, who said this is dangerous, you know, he's doing something reckless, and this is going to somehow lead to World War III. It's somehow going to lead to an escalation of violence. The Iranians, there was that one very, very mild attack where the Iranians gave the United States a heads up. They basically told Iraq to warn the United States ahead of time. And uh, the Iranians were simply going through the motions because they needed to have some sort of retaliation to save face, um, to not look like they were just caving, which is exactly what they did. And it turns out, I mean, Trump did the world an enormous favor, rid the world of the most dangerous terrorist uh, on the planet at the time, because Trump had already uh, d d uh, assassinated al, al Baghdadi, 
who was the previous world's most dangerous terrorist, the head of ISIS. So back in 2017, Mike Pompeo, when he became the head of the CIA, already began discussions about assassinating Qasem Soleimani, and it took a, a few years for that to actually come to fruition. So as I said, yet another mystery fire uh, at an Iranian nuclear facility, or right near one, I guess it's just a coincidence, it was right near that nuclear facility. We keep hearing about mystery fires, these massive fires that take place at Iranian nuclear facilities. Just, boy, the Iranians just have dumb luck. When, whenever a fire breaks out, it's happening in a nuclear facility. Um, but uh, here we go again in the southwestern city of Boucher, near Iran's only functioning nuclear power plant. So they have these other nuclear facilities, but this is actually their only functioning nuclear power plant. That's funny. I thought Natanz and all these other nuclear facilities, I thought those were just there for Iran to power the country. Well, why aren't, well, why then do the Iranians only have one functioning nuclear power plant in Boucher? That's odd. So this is according to the FARS news agency. Meanwhile, the Taznim news agency, which is affiliated with the IRGC, the Revolutionary Guards, they say that the fire was set intentionally but they have not provided any other details. What a shock. All right, I, I do want to talk about a horrific tragedy that took place last week uh, in Baltimore when a Jew uh, who was visiting, a Jewish man visiting his family from Israel in Baltimore was actually shot and killed. And uh, aside from that, look, it's an unspeakable, horrific tragedy. And uh, you know, our deepest condolences, our deepest thoughts go out to the family. It's, it's a really, really sad story. But I specifically wanted to mention it here because the family claims that this was an act of terrorism, an act of terrorism, and that the police are ignoring their pleas to investigate it as an act of terrorism, as an act of anti-Semitism, and as a hate crime. The police are essentially covering it up. That's according to the family. So this is the family, as I said, an Israeli man was shot dead in Baltimore. I believe this happened last Sunday. And the family says that the police is claiming, not the family says, the reports are that the police says this is a, it was a robbery gone bad, a botched robbery. But the family says it's not true. He was deliberately targeted as a Jew in a deadly act of anti-Semitism. This was a 31-year-old man, as I said, visiting the U.S. for a wedding of his cousin. He was shot and killed at the entrance to a relative's home. And last Wednesday, his sister, the sister of the man who was killed, held a press conference and she, she says details of the case um, point to the fact this was not a random crime. This was not just a botched robbery, and he was not just picked at random. He was targeted because he was Jewish, and he was killed by terrorists. Here's what the sister said. Quote, this was an act of terror. My brother did not just die. There were no signs of violence. They did not take money. It was not a robbery gone wrong, but murder due to anti-Semitism. Um, she said her brother showed outward signs that he was Jewish, and she said, quote, they did not take any money. They just shot him in the stomach and ran off, end quote. And she said that neighbors said that they heard the attackers uh, shouting hate remarks during the incident. She said, quote, they murdered my brother to come and say it was a robbery that went awry is not logical. They did not take anything. They left the bag, wallet, earphones, watch, passport. It was all left behind. This was simply a murder because he was Jewish. And quote, she also says that the police has not been updating her family on the investigation. This is look, if this is true. It's totally outrageous that it's not getting more attention. And um, I, I'm assuming they still haven't even found the attackers. And uh, certainly they are not treating it as a hate crime or as an act of terror. It's really, really horrific. And we will try to keep an eye on this. And hopefully um, something really does come out of this. President Biden, President Biden sent out a letter. I, I got this letter. And Jen Psaki was asked about this letter. Um, 
this letter was, it was almost exactly the same as the letter that President Trump sent out when he sent stimulus money last year. And um, remember, Trump got a lot of flack and a lot of criticism. But the, now the Democrats are not really saying a word about Biden doing the same thing. So this was reminding this. I'm not talking about the letter. There's one letter that gets sent out with stimulus checks when people actually get a physical stimulus check. But those of us who get direct deposit um, stimulus money, uh, they also got a letter. So it's not like they were supposed to mail anything. It's not like, well, they were going to mail the check anyway, let them throw in a letter. They're actually using tax dollars to just spend, send the letter by itself just as a reminder, which I'm not necessarily opposed to. I mean, look, it's good PR. I mean, uh, Trump did this. He said to himself, look, I- I'm sending people stimulus money. Um, let them least let them at least recognize who it came from. These people are going to get brainwashed by the media. They're going to somehow think it was Pelosi and Schumer. That was Trump's reasoning. So I don't necessarily fault Biden for this, but I do fault the people who criticize Trump and then refuse to criticize Biden. And furthermore, Jen Psaki said that it's not about him. It's not about Biden. Well, how can you tell me? I mean, the letter is just oozing out Biden, Biden, Biden. How do you tell me it's not about Biden? The whole purpose of this letter is to remind Americans that Biden's the one who gave them that stimulus money. There is no other point whatsoever to this letter. To this letter. So uh, Psaki says it's not. She literally, that's a quote. She was asked about the letter that Biden sent. It's not about Biden. Remember, it was all about Trump. When Trump sent it, it was all about Trump. The people on the left accused Trump of being self-aggrandizing and basically pumping himself up at the expense of the taxpayer. But now wasting tax dollars, making it about him. But when it's Biden, it's not about him, right? It's not about, here's a letter. I want to remind you that I sent you lots of stimulus money a few weeks ago. But this is a sign that Joe Biden, big letter, signature Joe. This is not about him. What, what does it have to do with Joe Biden? It's a letter that was received by Americans who got a stimulus payment. Uh, yeah, it happens to have come from the president of the United States. What's it got to do with the president? Meanwhile, Kamala Harris. Do you know it's been 44 days, 44 days since Kamala Harris was appointed by Joe Biden or whoever it is who's controlling Joe Biden, because I don't even know if Joe Biden at this point knows Kamala Harris's name. 44 days since Kamala Harris was appointed to fix the border mess, the border non-crisis, the non-crisis. Don't call her Kamala because that's racist somehow. Remember that? But call her Kamala and don't call it a crisis. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Look, you know, uh, will you be able to win at limbo? Will you be able to get under the stick? And will you be able to solve the border challenge? It's a challenge, just a challenge. Can you answer the trivia questions? Uh, Can you somehow fix the mess, which is thousands and thousands of illegals crossing the border every single day. Now, 44 days, she has not visited the border. She has not held a press conference. She's not even pretending. She's not even claiming. She keeps talking about how she's going to hold diplomatic talks with the heads of these other countries as though somehow that's going to fix the border mess. So it's not even like she's not even making any sort of attempt. She's not even faking it. And the reason is because the media is giving her a total pass. Even those few weeks of the media was actually um, giving Biden a difficult time and uh, actually um, slamming Biden, which they did the media for a few days about the border mess. They still gave Kamala Harris a total pass. Why is that? Because they don't really care about Biden. They're, They're waiting. They're waiting for Kamala Harris to just take over, whether they have to wait until... 2025 in their mind because they have to wait until Biden serves out his full full first term or whether it's just going to be an invoking of the 25th Amendment. Whatever it takes, it's a technicality to them. They're waiting for Kamala to step in. So if you notice, Kamala never ever gets... Yeah, part of it is because they're worried about getting accused of racism. She's a minority, but that's not the story. They are... She is like the new hero of the Democrat Party. So they're they're not saying a thing that's negative about her talking about the mainstream media. 
But even Biden right now, it has totally, totally lost the interest of the mainstream media. They don't care for a few days. They were all interested, all fired up about the border. And now it's on to other on to other stories. So it's so it's done so they can ignore. And this is exactly what they wanted, because the people controlling Biden, people controlling the White House, whoever they may be, they want illegals storming across the border. They want illegals to be released. Why do you think it happened under Obama? It wasn't a mistake. It was all done by design. Look at the dreamers. Uh, that, that was Obama's famous executive order. He wants hundreds of thousands, millions of illegals to get into the United States and to stay in the United States. And uh, they increased the demographics. You saw California under Trump. California is going to lose a congressional seat or two. New York's going to lose a congressional seat. There's a report that Ocasio-Cortez may lose her seat, you know, depending on how they redraw those districts over there in New York. That is thanks to Trump getting tough on the border. Yes, that's what happens is these illegals, they flood these states. These states get more taxpayer dollars because of the, the, the enormous number of illegals, the sanctuary cities. This is a fact. Look at this. This is clear, clear, very, very black and white facts. And uh, that's the Democrats' whole plan is get as many illegals into the country as possible. They become Democrat voters and uh, they increase the Democrat, the size of the Democrat districts and the number of Democrat districts, plain and simple. The fewer illegals, the weaker the Democrat Party becomes. So that was the plan all along. Just get past the initial crisis. The media forgets about it, moves on to other things. Kamala Harris, I have no idea whether Biden even discussed the fact that he was appointing Kamala Harris to be in charge of the border. Clearly, she doesn't care one bit. Clearly, she's not taking it seriously. I will bet you she wasn't even interested. I'll bet you they kind of stuck it on her. Remember Pence, when they gave when Trump gave Pence the leadership over COVID? And you can look, we can criticize. You can always, there's always what to criticize. But Pence, he stepped in. He took ownership of it. I mean, that man, he literally became the leader of the Trump task force on COVID. And he was very on top of it day in and day out. He held so many press conferences. He, he, you know, he worked with all the, all the doctors and, you know, the CDC and all the uh, government agencies, the health medical agencies, nonstop for months and months. And Kamala Harris, they put her in charge of the border. She just ignores it. And she's just, she's, it's like she's making fun of all of it. Well, I'm having a Zoom meeting with the president of Mexico. We're going to discuss this. I have to deal with this on a diplomatic level. Why have you visited the border? No, I'm not going to visit the border. Why would I visit the border just because I'm supposed to be solving the border crisis? Why would I hold a press conference about it? Meanwhile, President Biden is considering giving amnesty to over 1,000 illegals who were deported under Trump. Listen to this. Deported. Yes, you heard that right. Uh, over 1,000 illegals who President Trump deported because they deserved to be deported. They were in the United States illegally. President Biden is considering bringing them back, bringing them back, people who are already deported, bringing them back to the U.S. Um, to reunite them with their families and granting them amnesty and, by the way, paying them reparations. This is all being reported NBC News. NBC News is quoting the ACLU. The ACLU is in talks with Biden. At least this is what they're saying. And uh, I certainly have no reason to doubt that it's true. They're negotiating with the Biden administration to provide full relief to thousands, thousands of separated families separated families. Now, let me explain that in a moment. Again, NBC News, not just reunification in the U.S., but permanent status, compensation, and social services. I'm going to repeat that. The ACLU is in settlement negotiations with the Biden administration to provide provide full relief to the thousands of separated families, not just reunification, but permanent status, compensation, and social services. Translation, they're going to bring them back to the United States, bring them back to the United States, grant them amnesty and um, permanent status, and pay them pay them because they were deported by President Trump lawfully and legally. It's it's a, it's outrageous. This is absurd. This is it's it's nuts. It is madness. And they were in the United States illegally. They they they, they were deported by President Trump, thankfully. Their children remained in the United States. Why? 
because their children are legal citizens through either a loophole, you know, whether it's birthright citizenship or whether it's because their other parent was legal in the United States. They're legal citizens. The kids stayed. The, the parent was deported. So Trump was separating families. He was separating parents from children. Yeah, it's called you're getting punished. It, it, when people go to prison, they get separated from their children. How dare the police? The police comes in, arrests somebody who's guilty of committing a crime, and they put him in prison, and he's separated from his family. Well, how could you do that? You have to. What do you have to do? Take every out of every prisoner who has a family member who's outside of prison, which is virtually every prisoner uh, on earth, and you're going to take them out of prison because you separated. It's called if you commit the crime and you get punished, you're separated from your family. That's kind of how the system operates. They knew this going in. By the way, the family members could probably follow the illegals down to their home country, but they, I'm sure they have no interest in doing that. So yeah, that's that's how it works is the system you get separated from your children. Don't commit the crime. Don't do something illegal, including crossing the border. All right, meanwhile, um, a new report uh, by a, a think tank group shows that President Biden has received the least negative news coverage of any president in the past 30 years. President Biden has gotten the least negative, and that includes Obama and Clinton, interestingly. Of course, because they're covering up for the man. It's unbelievable. They have to bend over backward. Clinton and Obama, you know, they were capable of getting out coherent sentences with Biden. The media has to bend over backward, you know, just just to even make this man you know, look like he knows what, what day it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's astonishing. So Biden has received the, last, the least negative news coverage by the mainstream media of any president in the last 30 years. That's according to the Pew Research Center. This is not some conservative right-wing group. This is the Pew Research Center. In Biden's first 60 days, he got just 19% negative news coverage, 19%. That ranks him, and that's with the border mess, by the way, with the border crisis. That ranks him the most favored president of the last Three decades. This was a comparison done by the Washington Examiner of this Pew Research Center study. Um, Clint, Bill Clinton, 28% negative coverage. George W. Bush, 28% negative coverage. That's shocking to me, by the way. I would have thought it was higher. They got much more angry at Bush after the war in Iraq, of course. And uh, trust me, it got much more negative as time went on. But in the beginning, I didn't realize that it was um, that little. Obama got 20%. And then Trump got 62% negative coverage. No shock there, except that I thought that Trump got even more than 62%. Trump, eventually, it became like 90%, at least according to many studies. Um, the study also showed Biden's least covered topic are his political skills. His most covered topic is the economy. No shock there. Trump was the opposite. Trump's most covered news topic was his political skills. The least covered topic was the economy. The study analyzed radio websites and national newspaper sites. Newsmax has apologized to the Dominion Voting Company. And I want to mention this because you know I never really focused heavily on the Dominion machines and that controversy and the claim that the Dominion, again, I wouldn't be shocked if Dominion voting, if the people of the Dominion Company did manipulate the election, nothing would shock me. But I never really saw convincing evidence. So this doesn't surprise me that Newsmax has apologized, but I'm bringing this out because I want to, well, I want to you know, deliver this story to you. I think it's important. But also, it shows you the system works. It shows you that if there is any hint of fake news by the right-wing media, it gets exposed, and the right-wing media, for the most part, does apologize. We told you about that with the New York Post the other day with the story about Kamala Harris's books being distributed at the border, which was fake news story. And again, it got retracted very, very quickly thereafter. So Newsmax apologized to the Dominion Voting Company 
for basically alleging that they manipulated election results. Um, and they specifically um, discussed one specific employee of the Dominion Voting Systems uh, who there were he was alleged to somehow be trying to manipulate the election results. And uh, now Newsmax is apologizing, essentially saying that they didn't really have any basis for airing those allegations. Now, Newsmax didn't make the allegations themselves, but they did hold these interviews with people who did allege and accuse that Dominion was, uh, as I said, manipulating election results. And again, I'm not saying it did not happen, but right now the evidence that it happened is very thin. Now, again, I, I still believe that it's very likely that the election was stolen by President Biden, by the Biden people and, it, and the Democrats. And uh, it's very likely there was tons of election fraud that went on. We know there was tons of election fraud. That, that's a fact. The question is, to what extent, you know, how, how, how widespread was it? And was it enough that it could have changed the election results, which were so incredibly close in so many states? I mean, it was literally neck and neck in, in a bunch of these swing states. So this, to me, doesn't reflect at all on whether the election was stolen. It's just this one isolated story about Dominion. Uh, Eric Coomer is the security director at Dominion. He has dropped Newsmax in in response to this apology. He has dropped Newsmax from a defamation lawsuit because, again, this man, Eric Coomer, he was the one who was specifically it was reported that he was the one like in charge of the manipulation of of the vote counting. So he has this defamation lawsuit against multiple right-wing conservative news outlets. He has dropped Newsmax in response to this apology. Um, Newsmax, in a statement, said, while it aired accusations against Coomer made by Trump's lawyers and supporters, it found no evidence that they were true. Uh, So that's very interesting. Newsmax also found no evidence that Coomer had spoken with Antifa. And um, Newsmax, by the way, also at the time aired Dominion's denials of of those accusations. So they were reporting both sides of things. But in a statement, Newsmax said, quote, we would like to apologize for any harm that our reporting of the allegations against Dr. Coomer may have caused to him and his family. He did say in his lawsuit that he had gone into hiding because of death threats. Again, this shows me that the system mostly works. You know, they got they got sued for essentially reporting fake news and for defamation, and they backed down. Now, as I said, Fox News and others are still um, defendants in in this lawsuit. But to me, uh, the, the other allegations made of fraud and election theft are legitimate because you don't see any kind of attraction or apology about those because we know that those are factual. Again, that doesn't mean that the election was certainly stolen, but it means we have no idea. It means the president of the United States right now in the White House, the man who was legally appointed president constitutionally, that's Joe Biden or whoever is controlling the man. That means we literally have no idea. The country will never, ever know if he's there legitimately or not. And there's overwhelming evidence that he's not there legitimately and 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 the media and the and the left and even people like Liz Cheney they just want to stick their head in the sand and pretend that 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 uh, that he's there legitimately fair and square and it's all been decided and and uh, that's completely 100% false all right the supreme court has agreed to hear a case on gun rights this is the first time in over 10 years that the supreme court will hear a case involving the second amendment the issue is whether people are guaranteed by the second amendment the right to carry a concealed weapon the court has agreed to consider this case, um, which is going to determine whether the Second Amendment protects the right to carry concealed firearms outside of the home for self-defense. This is being um, this. There's a New York law that's being challenged by the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. Uh, New York State requires that individuals show proper cause to carry a gun, to carry a concealed weapon, um, and um, th- that law is being challenged. Obviously, this could be a very, very big deal. This could be a game changer, this Supreme Court case. It's, being, it's going to be heard in the fall. 
The last time the Supreme Court heard a case on gun control was in 2008. Um, that case determined that Americans have a constitutionally protected right to keep a handgun at home for self-defense. And you have five conservative justices, you have three liberal justices, and then you have Chief Justice John Roberts in the middle. So this could be very interesting. We will keep an eye. Um, and yet another group of scientists has written an open letter to the WHO calling for a thorough investigation into the origins of the coronavirus. So once again, all the scientists want is very simple. They want the truth. They want the facts. They want to know how did this escape? Did this come out of a lab, which it clearly did, this virus? How did it escape from the lab? What was it doing in the lab in the first place? What were its origins? We just How did it spread? Why was nothing done until the pandemic was able to reach other countries besides China? And simply, uh, aside from everything else, we need these answers because we need to prevent this from happening again. And um, this is 25 scientists. As far as I can tell, these are not conservative scientists. These are not Trump supporters. In fact, these scientists do believe, they say it in this letter, they believe that the virus came from an animal. So they're not accusing China of some kind of you know, uh, conspiracy theory, if you would call it, or, or accusing China of, of developing this virus. Not that to, that to me is really a conspiracy theory either. But that's not what they're saying. They're saying, listen, we have no idea how this transmission took place, when it happened, how the virus spread, who is responsible, and we need these answers, or how do we prevent this from happening again? Will the WHO respond? Boy, am I skeptical, but we'll wait and see. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.